Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, this is Chris and uh, we're back here on the beach and what can you hear? You can hear no wind. You can hear soft, gentle surf on the beach and finally things are starting to settle back down again after that uh, two weeks of turmoil we've had since the uh, volcano erupted underwater in the Solomons. Had plenty of rain last night, which is really good, really refreshing. And uh, here we are down on the beach with millions of little seagull footprints in the sand, which is really gorgeous. Uh, today, listen to your heart. I wonder what we mean when we say it, because let's... Uh, Let's think about the human condition, just for a minute. There are seven areas of life. Not all of them are lined up to support each other. Some of them compete for time, compete for concentration, compete for effort. So we've got seven areas of life competing and we say, listen to your heart. But if you listen to your heart, you'll have seven answers. We also know that we have seven areas of the brain, seven levels of the mind. Each of those has a voice. And, well, quite frankly, if you, if you give it a name, is a f each of them has a feeling. How do I feel at the got-to level? How do I feel at a should level? How do I feel at a need level? Each of those, and want to, and desire to choose to love to each of those sections of the brain which are independent individual locations in the in the mind they're not just layers they are corpus callosum basal ganglia all the different segments of the brain think into their necessarily layer so if you say listen to your heart which I love you can very often have seven areas of life telling your heart what to do. Then you can have seven levels of the brain. Each of them has a feeling, what we would call an intuitive sense. So now we've got seven levels times seven areas, which is 49 voices. <coughs> then we have your beliefs, which is your ego or identity, <clears throat> your thought patterns, which think that their opinion, each of them, is the right opinion based on experience or learning or education. So then you have <clears throat> the necessary collection of random data which we start to call ourselves, us, me. I am Chris Walker, a collection of random data summarized into what I think and feel. So now we have another opportunity to operate on our history. And in that history, seven areas of life, 
seven levels of brain there are 49 voices which we call us depending on where we are our environment our circumstances so then we can actually say we've got a past voice a present voice which is what I first described and now we have the future and in the future we have fears <clears throat> ambitions hopes desires things that we would say are very important to us to achieve and maintain and get and give and hold on to for the future. And in that future, there are seven areas of life, seven levels of the mind, basal ganglia, corpus callosum, limbic brain, etc. So now we've got 49 options to say, listen to your heart depending on where you are and what you're doing, <clears throat> how close the future is, how far it is, how much fear there is, how much information has been passed on to you today to either affirm or not affirm the future. So when we say listen to the heart, we've got three times 49 voices which is in sort of rough language, 140 voices. Assuming a couple of them are the same, we'll end up with the sacred number 108. That number appears in texts from ancient Egypt all the way through to now over and over again, 108 when we used to do yoga salutes and ceremonies we would do 108 salutes to the sun for example or chant with beads 108 beads I think you find on a mala bead there's 108 so it's interesting that we should have an answer that says listen to your heart I think what the comment really says is empower yourself but that in itself can be complicated because what self are we empowering the compassionate one the kind one the defensive one the self-protective one the one that wants to lead the one that's trying to reconcile information the one that has what's called, quite strangely, left brain and right brain thinking, which is logical and then emotional, as opposed to logical. Left brain, right brain. We have the masculine and feminine sides to ourselves. So, so far, we've been pretty clear to say that environment, and circumstances impact us and when we say listen to our heart we feel like we're coming home to something that's solid but if we listen to our heart really listen to our heart we will give away everything we own 
because the heart is filled with kindness and compassion and care, we will surrender ourselves to the whims or the needs or the appetites of other people. We will end up regretting it. And so although Listen to Our Heart is heralded as a spectacular place of self-awareness because it feels so gorgeous to empower ourselves with that comment, listen to our heart. We empower ourselves to do what we think is truly authentic to ourselves. We have to be a little bit careful about the interpretation or putting into action what is in our heart. When we love someone with all our heart, we care about them to a degree more than we care about ourselves, which is in the yoga language an act of service, jnana yoga. But if you look it up and study this yoga, act of service, it says, be careful. Be careful of your motive. If you're trying to rescue somebody, wrong motive. But your heart won't know that. Your heart won't say, don't give them that. Your heart won't say, uh, that's not fair. Your heart won't say, give to yourself before you give to others. Your heart will say, Your heart will say, just give. Just do what they want. Make them happy. It's very interesting when we say, listen to your heart and throw that comment out as if it's the most perfect solution. But it's not. It's inferring that the intuition of the heart is going to lead to outcomes that we, we will be happy with. I can honestly say, in my whole life, I've listened to my heart. It's been the thing that I've held dear and true and honest to myself. Listen to my heart. But as the years have passed for the last, say, 45 years of listening to my heart, I've come to understand that sometimes what I call my heart is not my heart, it's my compassion. And compassion is in the heart. So when I feel compassion, I feel connected to my heart. When I feel generous, I feel connection to my heart and it feels good. When I feel thankful, I feel connected to my heart and that also feels good. And when I feel love, I feel connected to my heart and that also feels good. So if, my, if listening to my heart is about me feeling good, about what I do, it's ideal, it's magnificent, and I do 
feel good about what I do. <clears throat> but the definition of feeling good has evolved. It used to be a spontaneous feeling of just do that because it's going to feel good. And now I've taken to having an annual budget for myself. I've taken to drafting goals and visions for myself. And now the definition of feeling good is am I on track? Am I on track to that thing I wrote as a vision? So the longer it's gone on, this listening to my heart, the more the definition of feeling good, which is compassion, kindness, and all these things, integrates the outcomes that I want to achieve in my life, as well as the process that I want to live, which is listening to my heart and feeling good. So feeling good includes feeling good about what I'm about to do in terms of the long-term, the long-term aims and the long-term promises I've made myself and the long-term health that I will get from doing that thing. So if you say to me on a, uh, on a Monday morning or a Monday lunchtime, would you like wine with lunch? And I go, listen to my heart, no because it just won't feel good. Why? Well, based on history and based on my beliefs and based on the way I work and based on things, it wouldn't feel kind or compassionate or caring to myself to have wine with lunch on a, on a, on a Monday. Strange, isn't it? But if you ask me that on a Friday and I'm with somebody and they are celebrating their birthday, I will say yes, because it feels kind, compassionate and caring. And so, listening to your heart is not a real strong constant unless there's some sense of longevity in the whole story along a, a future how does this thing that I'm about to do impact how does it impact what I do how does it impact the future and so listening to my heart has changed it's transformed completely Although I still would say it's my core strength. It's the ability to listen to my heart. I also know that in times of, of agitation, when there's information arrived at my life that is not necessarily what I hoped, wanted or desired, and in the process between receiving it and processing it into my heart, I get uh, I, I allow a period, uh, whether it be at an hour or a day, of mental agitation. And during that period, what I think is in my heart and feels like it's in my heart isn't really my heart. It's a, 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 a series of very complicated emotions which are replacing the voice of my heart and making themselves sound like the voice of my heart because they are a got to or a should or some lower level of heart. And so I've also become really wary of the state I'm in and the place I'm in and the habits I'm developed and the circumstances I'm in before I will say that is my heart's voice. I, I, I now am a little bit more suspicious or refined in claiming that the voice I'm hearing or the voice I'm expressing when you say what's in your heart is 
clearly my heart. Finally, uh, through the process of working with people, what I've come to see is that when we're stuck in the past, when we're fearful of the future, uh, those voices become really loud and uh, we call them our heart. But the heart is really in, a, in the present, completely undisrupted by the past or the future. To be undisrupted by the past or the future is not a zoning in on the present to eliminate the past or the future, but it's a way of, it, it, the process of being in the present <clears throat> is expanding the now to include the past and the future. And so the past has to be reconciled. If we're carrying guilts and we're carrying disappointments and hurts and anxieties about circumstances that have transpired before this day, then we're carrying the burden of the past. And when we expand the now and open our heart to include the past, it includes trauma, unfinished business, unreconciled relationships, undealt uh, un, un with parental stuff, undealt with disappointments and frustrations and judgments of others and criticisms of ourselves and this past doesn't when we expand the now to listen to our heart and we expand the now into the past if it's not reconciled if there's dirty laundry in there in other words we're not grateful for the past we expand the heart into trauma it also includes when we expand the now and include the future in the heart which it is if the future is uncertain, if we don't have clarity, if we don't have confidence in the future, if we have some vague hope that the future is going to arrive for us and we will be able to seize it with both hands and we don't have a responsibility in our thoughts to manifest the future, then when we expand the now and, and call it our heart, which is, it, which is what it is, the heart is the past and the future, expand it out so we are in the now, if we expand the future out to a place of uncertainty and include it in what we call what's in my heart today, we expand it into seven areas of life, seven levels of drama and seven levels of uncertainty and say, this is in my heart. So we're actually reacting to the future rather than including it. And that's why working on your manifestation process, working on the process of causing the future will bring you the confidence that allows you to expand yourself into the future. Working on the past and doing discard forms, which is about uh, adapting and your ego modification, will allow you to open your heart in the present. And so in simple language, your heart is a very, very big thing. It's not this little thing inside your chest that asks, what do I feel? It's this visionary, magnificent, universe-connected expansion of yourself into your whole history of your life. Not only yours, your parents and their grandparents, and the, your grandparents and your great-grandparents, to, 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 to test the waters of your gratitude for the history of your life. And it's an expansion of yourself into the future and as you expand this bubble, 
which you call yourself. You expand it into the future and you say, do I have clarity? Do I have certainty of where I'm going? Am I speaking the words? Am I thinking the thoughts? Am I creating the environment? Am I do walking the talk that will cause the future that I want? Because many times what we speak, what we think about, and what we cogitate and what we worry about is actually causing the future to be the very thing we don't want. So there's a certain sense of applied discipline around this topic in order to be able to say as an adult with a very big heart, what's in my heart today? This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.